to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am so freaking delighted that you are here. I know that time is of the essence, and I am really grateful for you spending some of your time with me today. So guys, in today's episode, I really wanted to focus on little dogs in particular, and especially consent in interactions with our little dogs, because I feel like far too often, the little package kind of lends itself to us doing things that the dog definitely is not consenting to. So Guys, I have Kelsey Edwards with me here today, and she is amazing. If you follow her on Instagram, you already know, but she's particularly qualified because she has two little dogs of her own. So um, Kelsey, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your dogs, their mixes, so people can kind of get a visual. Absolutely. So I have two dogs, Frankie and Sadie. They are 15 and 18 pounds, respectively. Frankie's like a jet black. Bichon Yorkie. Who knows? We don't know. That's what they say. So he's like, he's tiny. Like sometimes he fluctuates in weight. So sometimes he's as small as 13 pounds and then he goes up to about 15. And Sadie is my Shipu. She's white and she's about like 18 pounds and she's my reactive little girl. So they're, they're quite small. Like together, they're no more than 30 pounds. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so Kelsey, I want to talk about picking little dogs up in particular, right? Because mm-hmm. for those of you listening who have little dogs, right? Um, I, I'm not trying to call anyone out here, right? But what we're trying to do is we're trying to start a dialogue about making sure that your little dog is actually willingly participating in the interaction versus you kind of like stealing it from them. Yeah. So, um, okay. So Kelsey, can you just kind of share your experience with this, right? Like I know little dogs are, they're fluffy and they're freaking lovable and it's hard not to want to pick them up. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm completely guilty. I have been the most guilty of picking my dogs up, um, especially in the early years. And as I was, we were talking behind the scenes before that, I was just reflecting on the fact that I never pick my dogs up anymore. And when I do, it's a very mutual interaction. And I was like, wait, I used to pick them up all the freaking time. And, you know, through my experience and through all the education that I've done, I've stopped picking them up, but I've never consciously made that connection that I stopped doing that. So it is actually such an important thing to talk about because me, myself, someone who's picked up my dogs like hundreds and hundreds of times, I didn't even realize that I stopped doing it. So yes, super guilty. I have so many pictures of me just like holding my dogs, like kind of like putting them towards the camera, one dog in each arm. And uh, it, it was just like, no big deal. Like, and I look back and I think about it and I was like, how many times were they just relaxing? And I completely just rocked their perception of the world. They went from zero to 100 with no idea what was happening. Like bless their tolerant souls. So, oh yes. you know, like I can just keep going and ranting, but that's, that's what I mean. It's just like, it's such a complex thing. And 
I'm so excited to be talking about it. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about a few, a few things. So one, I think that, um, I think that picking up, like you're saying, when they're resting, I think that that's unfair. Right. And I, and I want to explain myself and again, it's okay. Right. Like no yeah. judgment here, but oh my I goodness, think, like guilty, 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 guilty. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but if our dogs are resting, that's a, a super integral part of their overall well being. And I think that if your little dog is resting peacefully, picking them up ain't cool. Right. And I think that this is for all dogs, right. But especially mm -hmm. small dogs. Right. And I think that we have to respect that boundary, right? We have to respect that for them because they deserve their sleep, right? They do. Like, I just, I can't even imagine a situation. There's no way that we can compare anything to it other than like a toddler in like a really restful sleep and you just pick them up and like, how often would they cry because of that? Because it's really <laughs> upsetting, right? Yeah. So, I mean, as adults, there's no way we can imagine anything like this, but you have to remember that these are like cognizant, like sentient creatures that enjoy sleep just like we do. And like, how often do you wake up from a nap and you're like, Oh my God, where's, where's, where am I? Like, am I upstairs? Am I on my couch? Like what day is it? Our dogs feel that too. Dude, it can be so disorienting, right? So um, I think that, you know, for me and like the little dog picking up when sleeping, that's just a no-go, right? Like unless yes, they're that like, is like a general safety rule. All dogs, when they're sleeping, you let them absolutely be. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so um, I, I want to move on to talking about picking up holding dogs and preventing them from doing normal dog-related activities. Right? Okay. Yeah. Right. Because I see this a lot, right? Like we're out at the park and the dog is in the hand, the owner's arms and they're not engaging in the environment. They're not sniffing. They're not moving their legs. And I think that, you know, there's obviously extraordinary circumstances and some dogs probably prefer that, but I think by and large, our little dogs still want to be on the freaking ground. Right. Oh, like, can you imagine like learning about the world in somebody's arms and then like how weird it would be to occasionally not be in that safe place like you would just it would be a completely different perception it's it is it's really like there is a time and a place don't get me wrong I pick Sadie up often because like sometimes we just got to get out of somewhere but um it is a mutual interaction um and sometimes you know dogs need to like when play gets too much, you have to like get a dog safely out there. But yeah, you see those people where their dog is like seeing the world from a purse or a stroller or a hand. And that's, it's a weird way to learn about the world. Yeah, right. And guys, I just want to be clear. We're not saying that you can't comfort and pick up your little dog if that's what they desire, right? Like yeah. that's totally okay. But I, I do it daily, daily. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that there's this parallel, right? Of like little dogs get thrown into this, like, this is my baby, right? Quote unquote baby. And, yeah. and I don't think that that's fair because they're dogs, right? They're not babies. Right. And, and I do think yeah. that some little dogs prefer the safety of like a stroller and that's fine. Mm -hmm. but we can empower our little dogs to confidently navigate the world, yeah. right? like sniffing and exploring. I think that there's a lot of positive benefits for it's the so dogs. True. Uh, 
I haven't actually talked about this yet because like um, it's just it's hard to find ways to talk about like your personal life and your personal struggles. I'm very open with Sadie's reactivity, but kind of recently I realized that even despite, you know, we've been going through this for like four years, I've become a certified trainer very recently, as in a few weeks ago, I realized I was really holding her back. And it was because I would see dogs coming and I was assuming her thresholds. And so I was just getting her out of there. Sometimes I wouldn't pick her up. I would just like, I would make us run away from there, but she didn't have choice in it. And a lot of times she'd be looking back and yeah, it's just, I realized that like, I, I was legitimately trying to keep her so safe and I actually was really scaring her because she wasn't able to like stand her ground, take a look, like actually see for herself that she's safe. And like, it has been impossible for me to let go because I have protected this little angel for the last little bit. So yeah, it's actually quite nice to be talking about this right now, but you know, recently when dogs are approaching, there's like, there's a very certain distance, which is like on the same sidewalk, even if we're able to move to the side, but I just let her exist. I let her examine. She hasn't even so much just like, even like fast charged, like three steps. She just, she looks, it's a little longer than I normally would like even advise clients to let their dogs look but that's what Sadie needed and like she just that's what she needed and I took that away from her and like that's honest and like how can you know like I'm learning we learn and that's choice and that was the thing that my little small dog she didn't she didn't stand a chance about you know against 160 pound me so sorry Sadie but it's beautiful, right? Because she's teaching you that now, right? And you're able to oh be God. open and learning from her. And that's half the equation. So exactly. I want to touch on something that you brought up, right? Yes. Safety. I think that from the human perspective, because we have little dogs, we feel even more of like an innate sense to keep them oh. safe. Oh, and my think, Right? Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes that leads to taking away consent and yeah. like mutual interactions like you're referring to. You know? Oh my goodness. That gives me chills. It is so accurate. Like, cause even despite like my, my logical trainer brain where I wouldn't ever like do that to a client's dog, but it's like, I, I feel the need. It's that gives me chills. Wow. Like what a powerful force that drives our actions. Right. Yes. Right. And like, I don't, I don't want to diminish that there is more, there is more elements of danger when you have a little dog. Like I totally get that. But I think that no one's saying that's not the case. Right. Right. right? But I think that, you know, in my experience, I feel like little dog owners are much more prone to like avoiding like normal stuff, right? Like yeah. just letting dogs sniff and say, Hey, because they're so worried about keeping their dogs safe from big dogs. And I think and like they're fragile. When Frankie was a puppy, he was two pounds for a while. Just tiny little babies. And like, that's not even like, that's not a chihuahua. That's you know, Frankie's 13 pounds, like small. I so get it. They're fragile. Yes. Yes. But I think that there's a lot to gain, right? From mm. letting our little dogs do more normal stuff. And yes. I think that 
you know, above empowering our little dogs. I think what that can teach us about learning from our dogs, it's not all about us keeping them safe. It's also, we need to be open and learning from them, right? The the things that they have to teach us, right? Oh, it's going to change my life forever. Like what a beautiful lesson that we've just learned. Yeah. So when they were puppies, when they were little, did you like, did you feel that? Like you wanted to like pick them up and maybe avoid some dog interactions because you were worried about their safety? Like, can you share some of your personal experience with that? Yeah, absolutely. So Frankie, I got him when I was 21 and I was in university and I was living with roommates. Crazy, crazy. (laughs) So as you can imagine, there was drinking and there was partying and there was so much picking up of this adorable dog that was very little. Um, so he was, he was handled poorly a lot. Um, but because I lived in such a student area, he actually didn't have a lot of experience around strange dogs. So, and then my parents, like they, I think at the time they had four or five dogs ranging from like a Bichon or maybe even six from a Bichon to golden retrievers. So like that was kind of his first experience. And because I love those dogs and grew up with them and trusted them, I just kind of let little tiny Frank on the first day I came home chill with them. And it was like a very safe experience. So even though he was mishandled in terms of like our relationship, I think we did a really good job with his dog. And it was because I knew he was in the comfort and safety of dogs I trusted. Oh Same. my God. Yes. Yes. So I think that that's a so really I tangible step. Yes. Right. Yes. I think that's so tangible for those of you listening, right? If you have a little dog and you were worried about interactions, finding a dog that you trust, right? Yes. I think would be huge because yes. it's so important for our little dogs, especially our little puppies to learn yes. how to interact if they want, or just, you know, yes. watch from afar if that's what they're comfortable with. But I, I see far too many little dogs completely removed from like interactions with other dogs. And I I just, I don't think that that is in the best interest of our dogs, right? It's it's super hard because it's a real true fine balance between being a helicopter parent and like doing too much. And then also between being like that parent that's like, ah, you'll figure it out. Like, because (laughs) there's consequences to both. So you actually truly do have to navigate between it. But like you said, Absolutely. There are steps you can take. Like I'm a dog walker. I would be so excited if someone was like, Hey, I have a puppy. I don't really know. Can you recommend some of your like clients that might be open to like hanging out with my puppy? And I'm like, boom, I have like a list of like five bulletproof dogs that I know can handle anything and they love it. So it's possible to facilitate it safely while still being able to let go. But I just want to parallel that to Sadie, who she had a very similar, like I picked her up a lot, but with Sadie, I was living in Toronto at this point and I lived in a neighborhood that was very dog friendly. And I was like, just starting to make neighborhood friends. And every day we would let our dogs off leash. So when I got Sadie, the first freaking day I got her 11 weeks old, have fun Sadie off leash. So Sadie, I thought she was having a great time, but it was like rough and tumbly. And there was like two distinct times where she very briefly like screamed, but it was longer than just a let go of me. It was like a squeal, squeal, squeal. Where's my mom? Mm. And you know, 
the consequences of that, I don't know if it was that. I don't know if it's her upbringing. I never saw a direct cause that Sadie developed such extreme reactivity. So, yeah. no, and I think that that's such a good parallel, right? So we realize, right, that there's, like you're saying, there's a healthy balance, right? I'm not suggesting that we just like throw our little dogs to the wolves, right? Like, please don't, don't do please that. Don't. Please don't do that. But I do want to empower you guys who are listening with little dogs to seek safe, appropriate dog interaction. Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, I have seen a lot of little dogs in particular form friendships with other dogs. And that adds such an element of joy and playfulness yeah. to their lives that I think is super duper important. Right. It's, it's amazing to me. Like, cause I, I obviously scream, I'm a dog walker. So for those of you who don't know, so, you know, I have, I, in my history, I probably like had at least 400 different dogs come through. Right. So I have a couple small dogs and it's so interesting to me because when they're small dogs, it's one of two ways. It's either they are, they hate handling at all costs. They avoid it or they like shock me and they're just like these firecrackers. And I'm like, you were given choice, weren't you? Like, yeah. I know you were. So it's just that powerful. Like, and I've seen it over and over and over and over again. And like the parents of these dogs, it's not like one uses different methods than the other kind, loving, good hearted, well intentioned people. It's just a matter of understanding consent and choice, like truly. And that doesn't come from a place of where you did wrong, you did bad. It's because we haven't talked about it that much. So here we are. Yes, here we are. Okay, so I, I want to go back to being to being picked up. So um, I think that there are a lot of really beautiful ways to teach our dogs to opt in to being picked up. And like for those of you listening, if your dog comes and scratches at your legs to be picked up, like you can pick the dog up, right? That's, That's what pretty I'm good talking fun. about, right? Yeah. I'm talking yeah. about those moments where you bend over and the dog shies away and gives you the whale eye and gives you some lick lipping is like, can you? Please not. And then we do anyways. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, on one end of the spectrum, we're teaching dogs how untrustworthy people are. <laughs> right. And I think that that can manifest itself in a lot of ways, typically fear, then we yep. fear aggression. Right. And then fights mm -hmm. are happening. Um, and I think that we can avoid all of that, right? We can avoid all of it from going south if we can really teach our dogs that we are trusted human beings. And if yeah. they say no, we listen. So yeah. Um, can you, so I, I love how you brought up that you just don't pick your dogs up that much anymore, right? I think no, that's like, like an interesting rarely. thing to think about, right? Like yeah. less probably, but can you give us some examples like of your specific dogs? Like when you know they're opting in to being picked up? Yeah, absolutely. So after about 7 PM, Sadie decides she forgets how to jump up on furniture, which is <laughs> fine. And you know what? I'm okay with it because she is getting older, but it's obnoxious how obvious it is that she wants to be picked up on the couch because she'll like, she'll start by just being like a little bit flirty, just like kind of pacing and like maybe rubbing her bum on the couch. And I like look at her, but I don't like to coerce. I like to see what they want to do. Right. So I'm like, all right, I see you girl. And I'm like looking at the corner of my eye, letting her exist. And then I'll get to a point where she starts like, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, Oh, hello. So that's her opening communication. And it's the cutest thing in the world. And I say, what would you like? And 
I do not even reach towards her until she's paws up. So she will put her paws up on like the edge of the couch or the edge of the bed. And that to me says, all right, mama, you fly, jive, turkey, let's cuddle. Get me up here, you know? So yes. how obvious is that? And I didn't teach her that at all. That is her communicating beautifully with me, yes. right? I love that I mean, so much. I have, let me try to think of other examples. Like, this is kind of gross. Um, deal with it. I am who I am. Whatever. Um, Frankie loves sitting on my lap when I go to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> and sometimes, again, he, he needs a little help. So, like, he makes it so obvious. He'll, like, sit and, like, he'll, like, look at me. And then he'll come and he'll, like, sit and he'll, like, position himself so he's, like, essentially in between my legs with his like butt against me and he likes to be picked up by being like cradled so we just scoop him up like that and then he's right where he wants to be and it's yeah, that's so quirky and quirky of course I said quirky but it's just so it's us right dude and like I think that there's there's no freaking rules like if it feels yeah. good to you and the dog freaking yeah do it. like so I have not I haven't gone to the bathroom alone in Tiva's whole life. She'll be 13 this year. And if I, I, I think she does want me to pick her up. I don't because she's 35 pounds, but <laughs> I think so she's like, really excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so like a new ritual in the bathroom. <laughs> mm, it like, it warms my heart. Like I love seeing, I love seeing that relationship. Like that's what um, I think we were trying to make very clear that it is okay to pick up your dog. It's okay to hug your dog. It's okay to handle your dog. It just has to be a mutual interaction is all we're saying. Cause it is a beautiful thing. We don't want to take away from that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, you bring up a, a good point. Like it's, it's not necessarily like a training thing. It's more <laughs> like giving your dog the space to show behaviors yeah. and see where it leads. Yes. No. And I do think that we can do some like formal training setups, right? Like if oh, teaching like yes. a nose touch and like, if you walk away, then I don't pursue. Like, I think that is 100% like, yes, I like having rules like that. Like you take a step away. I understand what that means. Like, I think these are rules that we should establish and make clear, but there's also, it's that fine line, yeah, right? It really is. Well, and I think I think that sometimes what happens is that we we have the luxury of like the little dog is doing something we don't want, so we just pick them up and that makes oh stop. so easy. Trust. Yeah. Guilty. Like yeah. and oh, I man. Think that coming up with more contingencies, right? Like, okay, so the little dog is doing something we don't want. How can we redirect the dog, mm -hmm. reinforce it, and do all of that hands-off? So yeah. I think that's something that I want to empower you guys listening with little dogs is like looking in your day to day and thinking like, could I do this hands off? Mm -hmm. Right. Like how could I accomplish this without having to pick up the dog? <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, you're good. Cause I think that's where the true magic happens. Right. Is when we're yes. really like creatively thinking of like, you know, I'm not going to pick you up this time. Right. I'm going to ask you to yeah. do something else. I'm going to make it really, really reinforcing and kind of shifting some of these old patterns it kind of blows their mind too. Like, it, and like, it also like, okay, like I think I'm a fantastic dog mom, but it's like moments like that where I start doing these things with my dogs where I'm like, okay, 
let me actually see, let me work with you when I put your harness on today, right? And it's just like, you see a relationship that I just, I think I take for advantage a lot of the time. And it's just, it's really, I really do encourage everyone to start doing it because like, Today, I literally ate dinner with the TV off, and I just was, like, talking to my dogs, and it's just like, ugh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now, but I just love... I feel like, you. I do. love my dogs, yeah. And I think those listening know, right? Like, they know the companionship and, like, the brilliance of a true, like, relationship, like a healthy relationship mm -hmm. with our dogs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, I want to, I want to just kind of get your thoughts on this. I have my own thoughts, but I'll let you know. So um, sure, yeah. what's, your, what's your policy or what is your dog's policy for that matter on um, being picked up by strangers? Oh, I would absolutely literally never allow a stranger to pick up my dog. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I would never, I've gone to people's houses where they're like, hi, meet my dog. Whoop, whoop. And I go, I'm going to go sit on the floor now. So yes, that's my stance. And it's a, it's a hard line. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, and I really, I really got to uh, support you on that. I, I 100% agree. And it's the mm. same thing, right? Like people want to pick up little dogs and hand them to me. I'm like, oh, this dog does not want to be held by me. Yeah. I assure like, you. Please <laughs> like, don't. Yeah. This dog has no yeah. interest in being picked up by me. So, um, okay. So, uh, can you, I want to talk just a little bit of vet care because I think that that's a situation where maybe like, yeah, of course we don't want our dog picked up by strangers, but sometimes we feel like we don't have any other choice in the matter. Yeah. So, um, mm -hmm. how, how do, do you like your vet? Do you feel like your vet like contributes to like consent in your dog's care? Like how do you navigate uh, that? I'm obsessed with my vets. Like, so I, I go to a clinic where there's multiple vets. Um, and I have like a couple that I'm like, I'm so in love with. I mean, like they've saved Sadie's life. So I'm like eternally grateful, but no, I love them. They are, I, I don't know if they're fear-free certified, but they're always with the treats and like, they never make me feel like I'm a helicopter parent, which I am. <laughs> so like, I just feel like they, they understand that what they're doing might not be, you know, completely hands off and force free and stuff, but they make it as safe and as comfortable. And they know the warning signs when it's a hard no. And they, they will discuss with um, people like muzzle training plans. So like, I know with a customer of mine that's happened. And I just think that's like, of course, I have so much trust for that. Yes. Right? Yes. Right. And I'm lucky. Yes. Right. And I think that that's something I see so much. So like seriously shout out to the vets in the world. Like, thank you for like evolving and getting better because the dogs need it. Yeah. We need it. Right. Yeah. Because I think that, um, I think that the little dogs in the vet world, I know there's kind of like a stigma, you know what I mean? That like heard from a lot of vet techs, right. That like, yeah, the chihuahuas are always the ones who bite. And, and that's, was a huge motivator. Like we were talking about for this episode, yeah. right? Because of course they're biting because they've learned that people can't be trusted. You know what Absolutely. I mean? So, um, and I think, I don't know what your experience is with this and this is a slight tangent guys. So please bear with me. I'm going to come back to my point here, but welcome um, to my literal life. <laughs> like, so I'm here for it. Um, I think that 
little dogs who get treated in a way that like the owner feels like they're keeping them safe, but we're, we're sheltering them from the world, mm -hmm. right? They don't have a lot of like normal outlets for dog behavior, right? They don't have a lot of dog friends. They're getting yeah. picked up against their will a lot. That mm -hmm. really comes to a boiling point. And then we take them to the vet and everything they've learned in their small world is that it's really yeah. kind of scary and I haven't really had my knees met and now you're picking me up and now you've bit me. So I, I, I just, I really wanted to squash some of that stigma. I know you guys listening, like I'm always talking about pit bull stigmas because like that's my motivation in my life. Yeah. But this is equally important. Yeah, I, yeah, it's really tough. Um, because yeah, like you see these chihuahuas and I've, I've had it too where I'm like, holy moly, this chihuahua was nuts. But it's not nuts. It's terrified. But like, I have literally walked into a room before. Like, this was even before I was a dog trainer, but I was younger. And like, my friend's mom had a chihuahua, and the dog charged at me just for walking in the room. And like, literally, this conversation right now, I just realized why. It's because so many people, the appearance of people, signal to that dog that I'm probably gonna get freaking picked up again. My like, I'm gonna get poked and prodded. They don't know I have a sensitive armpit. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just like, it was that awful to the dog that just me that far away was like a threat. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, it is sad. Right. So yeah. I know that you, those of you listening, right. Are, are here, you're here with us. Right. So you're already like 50 million steps ahead of the curve, but um, I think it's important to talk about and bring and shed some light on. So um, I, I want to kind of wrap it up. Um, and I, I know yeah. we talked on this a little bit. We can bit, just talk forever. Yes, but I, I want to talk about what dogs and what owners stand to gain by taking more of a hands-off approach with their little dogs and building more consent into their day-to-day -day rituals. Oh, man. Like, to me, the answer to that is everything. They have everything to gain. Like, you literally, you are giving your dog by like taking your hands away you are giving your dog power to exist naturally and like when you exist naturally you're resilient you have those coping skills and like i said like i'm like with frank i'm almost nine years in sadie i'm almost seven years in the relationship is growing and developing and deepening daily and it's because of that you give your dog and yourself everything like i that's it, right? Yeah. As simple as that. Right. And you're living proof, right? You're living proof of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, seriously, huge thanks for taking the time today. Okay. So if um, my yeah. listeners want to connect with you, tell us, how can they connect with you? The best way right now is on Instagram only, actually. So my Instagram handle is Kelsey Mick, like McDonald's, but it's Mick dog trainer. So Kelsey McDog trainer. Fabulous. And I will definitely include a link to that in the show notes. So you guys can check out her page. She, oh my gosh, creates so much amazing purple shareable content. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I haven't been doing as much, but you know that life be like that right now. But yeah, I, yeah. I do a lot of stories still. So I'll be back. I'll be back in action in no time. Yes. Okay. okay. Kelsey, any final thoughts on consent and our interactions with our little dogs? No, uh, I mean, I just think like, don't let, you know, don't get defensive. Like, you know, like I think for me, like being able to accept these things that I've done 
quote unquote wrong has actually given me so much. And like by being like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm learning blah, 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 blah. I actually don't feel guilt anymore. So like, just stop, just understand that it happens. We learn, we grow. It's beautiful. It's okay. Let's do this. And if you need help, freaking at us. You yeah. got, we got you, you know, this is like, I don't know about you, but this is my life's mission, right? Like, Hell yeah. yes. Empowering that accent. the we people don't know. with the dogs, the people with the dogs. All right. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com.